Welcome to the Herald Express Talker United Yellow Army podcast, brought to you weekly by Guy Henderson and Richard Hughes. We'll be talking about everything that you ever wanted to know about Talker United. Uh, you can find us in the Talker United channel on the Devon Live website, or you can subscribe to us on iTunes. another big Talker United Yellow Army podcast. It's a horrible day out there on the English Riviera. We've chickened out, Richard, haven't we? We could have met in your garden. We could have. One look at the weather and we decided to go online instead. Yeah, we could have met in the garden. And uh, to be to be fair, we would have put up with the rain, but the, the wind would have ruined the microphone, so uh, you wouldn't have been able to hear us. Of course, but with the lifting of some of the restrictions next week, by yeah. this time next week, we should be able to actually sit in either my house or your house drinking coffee and um, communicating like normal human beings again. Wouldn't that be nice? Oh, that would be nice indeed. Yeah. So, and um, I'm in the presence, of course, of Richard Hughes' international pop star today. Thank we'll you, uh, thank we'll you. talk about that a little bit later on thank because you. you have music act today. So we I'm will doing the Queen wave. Oh, yeah. We'll shamelessly depart from the football to talk about your music at some point. And you've got your Larry Graysons on as well, haven't you? Uh, well, I've just taken them off. I knew that was coming. <laughs> you've got one of those lanyard things that goes round your neck to stop you. Oh, you do look like Larry Grayson. Really? Yeah, and if, well, if the dog starts barking, you'll have to go and shut that door. Oh, I, don't, I don't remember Larry Grayson having such a big beard. <laughs> no, it was in his later years, I think. <laughs> So, podcast, loads and loads to talk about this week. A massive game coming up on Sunday at Stockport. The more you think about it, the more nervous you get about that one. But yeah. um, let, let's keep our feet on the ground and hear what um, what the wise man has to say. You've been chatting to Gary this morning. I spoke to Gary, uh, yeah, this morning. He's been pretty busy over the last couple of days. I tried to get him yesterday, couldn't get him. Tried a couple of times this morning, struggled to get him. And then I got a thumbs up, basically, I think, saying, give me a call now. And uh, yeah, we had a good chat. Good stuff. Let's go off and hear it. Hi, Gary. Thank you for joining us on the podcast. It's been a it's been a wet couple of days, but I'm sure you've been working hard on the training ground. Yeah, yeah it was uh, it was a poor day yesterday, but fortunately yeah. we had the, the day off. The lads have worked hard uh, previous to that in quite nice weather. To be fair, we was able to get quite a lot done. Um, today, you know, we're in as, as we speak, and uh, it's Thursday, and uh, obviously the heavens opened yesterday, and the heavens <laughs> are open today. So uh, we're back on the uh, astroturf, where you know, because obviously our once again our training grounds under underwater. But yeah. um, you know, by now, you know, we, we it's just keeping them topped up, really. You know, yeah. we know our game, we know what we're doing. It just changes slightly depending on the team you're playing and the organisation that they play with but generally we you know we work on ourselves and we, we, we try and make sure that we home in on our game as it were that's uh most all the lads now know exactly what our game is they just have to produce it yeah um one all against sorry nil nil against Bromley wouldn't normally be a massively disappointing result looking at the table but you kind of needed a win there didn't you well, we did, and we, we, you know, we give it, a, we give it a good shot, of course, because we probably had, well, we did have more chances yeah. than than they did. Um, yes, they are a strong side. They they don't let in many goals. They are a side that uh, are one of the form teams in the league, and you know, our boys gave it 
a good go yeah. um, because you know we've hit the post and um, there's other little bits and pieces that have happened. They made some good blocks. They had lots of numbers in the penalty area. Um, of course, you want to score a goal in in 90 odd minutes. And to be fair, we should have got a Gary time, as you call mm. it, goal when uh, Benji went through and only had the goal at the beat. But um, that's how it goes, and it's too important now to to cry over spilt milk. We just have to go on to the next one and uh, hope that things fall for us where they didn't on that day. Yeah, uh, Stockport on Sunday. Does it make a difference, the game being moved to Sunday? I suppose, I suppose a major difference is the fact that it's an early kickoff. Yeah, it's uh, an early kick Not really. That, that does affect us. We've got our system of preparation yeah. uh, for different times and different days. So, uh, no, the boys are used to that. So, it's... Um, Oh, we're looking forward to the game. We're pleased it's on TV, you know, mm. so it should be because they're probably the two form teams over the last you know month or so, um, and Sutton, you know, just behind just behind us two. So that's a big game, and I, I, I'm seeing it like a proper second division game. Yeah. You know, you know, they've got they've got players that have been around that have, you know, have been regular in the football league. Um, and so it, the game will be, um, it won't look like a non-league game, it will be a proper football league game. To be fair, I think most people watching BT Sport over the last you know, season uh, for, for the games that we've been involved in and other games, it's not really looked like non-league at all, it's not non-league, is it? No, it's not non-league anymore, is it? It's, a, it's almost detrimental to the league to yeah, call it yeah. non-league now, uh, as I've said all along, but... Um, Anyway, that's what it is, and there's a non-league paper, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. everybody wants to get into the football league paper. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we just got to keep going, keep trying hard, and um, you know, trying to get ourselves into that football league. We 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 got a great, uh, we got a great chance, great situation, um, because we're there or thereabouts. Uh, we're there or thereabouts, and um, you know, it'd be good to. To sneak sneak in there and uh, yeah. and win the league and get up automatically. So we still got a chance, a good chance. So we'll see how it all pans out. Gary, you, you, you've experienced this many times before. But, but is there pressure that comes with the, an end of season like this for you and the players? Well, of course, there's pressure because you'd be lying if you said there wasn't any pressure. Yeah. But it's how you deal with that pressure, yeah. and you know how you sort of deal with it uh, as individuals. And now you deal with it as a group. Um, from a managerial point of view, you've got a, you know you've got a show of calmness, of course, yeah. um, but an intensity to go and win the games. Um, and as I've said, we you know they know me now, I know them, so we sort of all know how to treat each other to keep us on the straight and narrow. Yeah. Um, and that's that's how we have to go into the games. You've got to believe that. You've got a game that can win the game. There's lots of variables, uh, of course, and there's some fine margins. And those fine margins can win and lose you the game. And so we have to, you know, be very strong in in, in what we're trying to achieve, and you know, stay calm. And, that, and that's really what it is: stay calm and stay competitive. Yeah, um, you'll be looking at one game at a time, obviously, but it will be good to see fans back in for the Barnet game, wasn't it? I mean, the, web, the website crashed because too many people were trying to get tickets. Oh, well, we wish, you know, we wish they could all get in, of yeah. course we do, but um, 
you know, rules are rules, as it were, and uh, it's not us as a club that make the rules. No, it's no. The, I think it's the local authorities or whatever it is that come, and also from the government. Um, but anyway, we'll just be thankful that we've, you know, we've got a, a positive support in the, in the stadium yeah. um, for us, and and the lads deserve it. You know, the, the club deserves it, and the supporters deserve it. They do get in. Um, and it, you know, it could be a very, very important game where supporters can make the difference. Absolutely, of yeah. And uh, so we welcome there. Let's hope we, um, you know, we, we should only let the supporters in that have got a level of certain decibels. <laughs> the loud <laughs> ones. Test them before they come in. Yeah. <laughs> Not only with a flow test, but with a decibel meter or yeah, something. Yeah. Because um, a noise at play more definitely helps our lads we've, we've seen that we've proved that and it shows in, in st- stacks as well and obviously you know if you can um, scream and shout and uh, for every decision then you might get some important ones <laughs> brilliant Gary thank you very much good luck this week it's wet but um, I'm sure you're coping with that and uh, I'm sure the players are out there trying their hardest to get ready for, for Sunday I keep on thinking it's Saturday of course it's going to be so weird watching a game on Sunday morning no, that's right. It, 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 well, it will be, but um, you know the Premier League boys have to do it. So yes, yeah. Prove that we can cope as well. Yeah, brilliant. Thanks, Gary. Cheers for that. All right, no problem. Bye. See ya. Yeah, and Gary's right, isn't he? Won't it be fantastic to have the fans back in again uh, for that Barnet game? How much fun was that trying to get hold of tickets yesterday? Yeah, um, uh, my brother was uh, w- was on it yesterday. He he was. Um, he was trying to get tickets from the word go. Um, he's very tech-minded, so he he understands every error code that comes up and can tell you what it means and why it's happened. And uh, okay. so I was getting a running commentary when the when the when the tickets when the when the demand for tickets was so big that their website crashed, uh, their server crashed or whatever. I was getting a running commentary of, well, this is why it's crashed. This is this is why you shouldn't use that server. Um, oh, and now that now that the the error error message is basically saying they're turning it on and off again. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's what IT people do, isn't it? That's what they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I, I mean, it's great that so many people were trying to get tickets for the Barnet game that the website did crash. Who'd have ever thought that we'd be talking about a Talking United website collapsing under the strain of demand for tickets for a home game? Absolutely. Yeah, and great. Isn't, it, isn't it great? I mean, it's commiserations to anybody who didn't get a ticket. Um, I did manage to get a ticket right here my, for my daughter who wants to go. Um, I've got a funny feeling I got the last one in the ground. It was the last little green square I could see anywhere. Very good. On the, um, on the stadium layout. So, um, so I got, got her in. Which is great, but I mean, yeah, I mean, fair play to Torquay. They've not been confronted by a situation like that before. I don't suppose ticket sales have ever gone quite so quickly for a game before. No, people I mean, just, people are just desperate to get back into that ground. And as Gary says, let's let's make some noise when we get in there. Yeah, he wants we, the loud supporters in, doesn't he? Yeah, we can't make any noise. Obviously, if we're in there, and um, hopefully we will be sitting up behind the goal reporting, we'll have to remain completely. Uh, unbiased and impartial and we won't be able to make any noise at all speak for yourself <laughs> <laughs> do you remember there was a thing a few years ago Torquay had a rule that they passed in the press box and I'm not sure which one of us whether it was you or me or somebody had uh, prompted this where you you weren't allowed to wear club colours 
in the press box. Oh, uh, this must have, this must be when I was I was away because I've always yeah, worn a, I've be. always worn my yeah. Torquay scarf at Torquay games, uh, reporting or standing on the pot side. The, the Torquay scarf has always been on. This was must have been under a previous administration or even one before that. But, yeah. Uh, a message went round that uh, because of. Uh, Obviously, somebody had mentioned it, and we were no longer supposed to wear talkies, scarves, hats, ties, or anything in those days in the press box. But I think uh, I think they relaxed that now. Guy, the world's gone mad, as they say. The world has gone mad. It has. When was the last time you wore a tie? By the way, I just I can't remember the last time I put a tie on. It was probably your wedding. Uh, yeah, um, I have. Believe it or not. A huge selection of Talk United ties from the 60s and 70s. Do you really? I do. Um, I got them from somewhere when I was working at the club. Someone bought them in and, and, and just wanted to depart, depart with them. And uh, yeah. they're in my wardrobe somewhere at the bottom. And they really should come out, shouldn't they? I should, they I, should. I should do... I mean, they're, they're all different styles. I mean, it, and, you know, we're talking 70s, so some of them are very wide. Yeah. Very wide indeed. Yeah. I wore one of those wide ones on my first day at work. Did you? With my, my collar and tie for my first day working on the Torbay News in 1978. It was wow. a Talkie United tie. It's probably one of the ones you've got. Probably, yeah. I have a feeling that Mervyn Benny gave me some more. Uh, he, he discovered that I had a few and thought I was collecting them. So next, next minute I've got more from Mervyn Benny. <laughs> there you go. I expect to see you wearing one yeah. on the web. I might... I've got to do some sorting out of Torquay United paraphernalia that I own because I, I do own an extraordinary amount on, just because, basically, I was working at the Sunday Independent when they yeah. chucked all their... They were going to chuck all their photos into a skip uh, from Exeter City, Plymouth Argyle, Torquay United, Bristol Rovers, Bristol City. Um, when there was a, an office move, well, I took Torquay United and I think uh, other people took the other teams... Um, yeah. And then uh, when the Herald Express uh, office closed down, um, don't tell anyone, but I managed, well, I, uh, I didn't save them this time, but they would have been in a warehouse in Derby otherwise, so uh, they're in my, nice. in my spare room. So I have a huge, huge amount of uh, Talk United photos and ties and programmes and stuff, which one day in my old age, I will sit down and catalogue and scan <laughs> But it's such a big deal to do it all. I'd, I'd love to do that, that, yeah. you know, that proper, big, chunky coffee table book. Um, and I've talked, to, oh, I've talked to Dave Thomas about it a couple of times. We could, we could get together and do that, but we'll see. Good idea. Go dogs the dogs are barking. Looking around, looking around the room at the moment is because I've got one magnificent piece of Talkie United memorabilia, which I liberated from the old press box before they pulled it down. Have you got the heater? It was. I've got it. I have got a heater, but it's the it's Gordon Screech's old Talking United rattle. Wow! And if I if I could find it to hand, I would rattle it and make some noise with it. But um, I'll, I'll see if I can get a photograph of it for the yeah. one they uh, asked this week. I've got some extraordinary little bits and pieces. I've got um, uh, an actual sew-on badge for a kit of from the Dave Webb era when it was that strange. Different yeah. badge that they had. Well, I think there's a palm tree on it, if I remember rightly. I don't know it's where two, that it's comes. It's two palm trees, isn't it? Is it diverging yeah, palm trees? That's it. Yeah, I've got one of them. Um, yeah. Oh, I've got loads of little bits and pieces. It's, it, I really should spend a day sort of just going through it and sorting it all out. That's what we'll do during the close season on the podcast. Yeah. So we'll sift 
through some of our bits and pieces and we'll tell you the stories behind them. Yeah. There we go. That'll get us through the summer. Uh, that will. It'll, it'll, be, it'll be good. We can sit there and, yeah, reminisce like like two old men. We... <laughs> Jump we digress, off the We digress. We, we have. We've gone way off, tar- off, off subject. This is all the best podcasts do it, though. It's, um, yeah, we, we have a subject somewhere here. Let's see if we can grapple our way back to it. Barnet, we were talking about. Barnet, one of three big games left for us. Um, Sunday, Stockport on BT. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know how we feel about a Sunday lunchtime kickoff, but I suppose you've got to take whatever the TV companies throw at you. Yeah, and, and, and Gary said uh, when I spoke to him earlier on that it's, it's good that we're on TV. It, it, it shows that it means something. You know, we are yeah. of, of a level where TV companies want to show our football, which is brilliant. Um, he uh, he basically said about the 12.30 Sunday kickoff. you know, um, they have plans in place for any kickoff scenario. So, you know, um, OK, it's different, but it's not it's not a terrible thing and, and, and they'll deal with it. Now, I... I um, Stockport's a long way away, so I don't think it would it would have changed anything in regards to an overnight stay. I think they probably would have stayed on the Friday had it been a 3 p.m. kickoff on Saturday anyway. So I think yeah. an overnight stay um, would have happened, and of course, you know it's going to happen. You know, um, it's gonna it's gonna have to happen uh, this time. Fans, I mean, there's no fans to worry about. Imagine having to get to Stockport for a 12:30 kickoff if you were a, a Talk United fan travelling. Away with the early army. start. It? it would be a very early start. I've done some early starts in my time, but I think that might have been the earliest. I think you might as well just uh, get home from work and set off really on the Friday, on, on the on the on the on the Saturday or whatever. I mean, Stockport obviously one of four teams who can still win this league. Torquay, Sutton, and Hartlepool being the other ones. I mean, I've been. Spend a little bit of time this morning looking at the remaining fixtures, trying to work out what teams might get from those remaining fixtures. I mean, Stockport looks more and more like a must-win, doesn't it, when you look at that? Yeah, absolutely, especially after Sutton beat Woking uh, 3-1 uh, on Tuesday night, which was a frustrating Three watch. 3-2. 3-2, yeah. yeah. sorry, yeah, it was a late, it was a late, uh, late one, wasn't there? It was a frustrating yeah. watch. Um, are Hartlepool still in it? Can they still win it? Hartlepool could get... I mean, it would be extraordinary if that turned around, wouldn't it? I, yeah, I, I... Can say Hartlepool could still... Uh, they've got to win all their games and everybody else yeah. lose all theirs. And they're playing Sutton, so... I mean, no, Hartlepool, basically. Yeah, let, let, let's, let's Mat- chuck Hartlepool... Yes. Let's chuck Hartlepool Mat- into the playoffs. But, I mean, Stockport as well. I mean, Stockport have got to win everything pretty much, to yeah. um, to win it. But they will still think they can. Stockport, all the way through the season, Stockport fans have been saying that they're the chosen ones, that they're the team that's going to win. You know, champions in waiting, Stockport County. Um, and, and to be fair, they put a heck of a run together. They spent a lot of money as well, a, a rude amount of money for a non-league football team. Um, yeah, I like that expression, a rude amount <laughs> of money. Um, like, you know, you, you I, I, I'm not going to judge them. Um on that, but it it does seem extraordinary that they've been able to spend what must be League One budgets in in the National League. But then, if it gets them up, then it serves a purpose, doesn't it? Um, we 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 can't we can't say that we are the poor relations in this league at all, can we? 
Um, I mean, we, we, we're very used to being poor relations when, when it comes to football. And, uh, and we were until we dropped down into to the National League and the National League South even. Um, we're not poor relations where we are at the moment. No, I, I, I was interviewed by a chap from The Athletic website this week, mm. which uh, they're doing something about Torquay. And he was asking me that question. And, and I mean, you can't say, I mean, Torquay, obviously, Torquay haven't splashed the cash in quite the same way that some of the other teams have. No. But you, you have to hand it to Gaming International, who have put money into this project. They've put money into getting out of the National League. Um, you know, and. Torquay have been able to make signings this season, haven't they? They have put millions into it, Guy, and who would have thought that when uh, there was such uproar about them taking over? Now, I understand that, you know, there is there is still concerns by fans about, you know, the future of the club regarding new stadiums, etc. But while that's yeah. on hold and um, Clark Osborne and, uh, and co are trying to get the team back into the league, they seem to be spending money to... You know, spending money in the right way. So, and, and Gary's no fool either, is he? You know, we know Gary's got the whole experience of thirty years of management, etc. And uh, he he seems to be happy with the backing he gets. Um, uh, for example, I mean, it, it, it's it, it's a case in point. Um, if if it had been a Saturday three pm kickoff and Torquay had to go to Stockport, then. It would still be an, uh, an, an overnight stay. Now there are yeah. times in the past where overnight stays were reserved literally for Barrow or you know yeah. or or yeah. you know Darlington or you know they they ha they're expensive old things. The coach is expensive. The hotel for twenty five odd people is an expensive thing. I mean, you know, yeah, just, just, yeah. you know, obviously they'll get slight discounts because of the amount of people, but just put that into booking.com and see how much it comes up. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, uh, no. So, so they are backing the club. They are backing the club. Clark and his, his uh, uh, Clark and George, who's uh, obviously runs stuff closer, closer to the, the club. And obviously, congratulations in, in order for Gary for manager of the month. But I like the fact that he, he refers to it as club of the month. He does. He does refer it to refer to it as club of the month. Um, unbeaten in unbeaten in April. Um, yeah. He says it's not just down to him. It's down to the hard work of the players and the hard work of the club. And again, you know, the backing that the club has given him to to, to do the job properly. Um, yeah. Uh, Obviously, you know, it, the, the first game in May is a, is a disappointing result, but um, that's the curse of the manager of the month for you. Always, always happens, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, the, the Bromley game, a nil-nil draw, it was frustrating. I mean, you kind of expected, I mean, Bromley a decent side, but kind of expected them to throw a little bit more into that, didn't you? Yeah, it was a weird one. Um, I, you, I've been going into games increasingly feeling like oh this is I don't want to sound like a negative person but this is the one where we're going to slip up etc because you know we were playing Chesterfield we were playing you know teams up, up and about you know the playoffs and we, yeah. we, we were beating them so you get to Bromley and suddenly I'm thinking well stop being so bloody negative um, and then we drew yeah. we drew nil nil 
Um, you know, there were chances, there were chances, and, and you've got to say that Scott Bowden's chance in, in the second minute or whatever was unlucky. He did almost everything he could to get that ball in the net and hit the post. Um, it was just the same as that goal he got against Woking. It was, but but I think it was even a bit tougher because I think the yeah. goalie was a little bit closer to him than than, than in that game. Um, and then Benji goes and misses a sitter. You can't call it anything else at the end. Although he did set the ball up for himself, so he set he did really well to set that set up that situation. It was strong in the box to 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 win the ball. Yeah, get away from two defenders. He just needed to poke it left or right, to be honest with you, and he smacked yes. it straight at the goalie. I've read in a couple of places that the goalie made a good save. Well, his body was in the way. I don't think he had to do much. No, that's it. But it, as we always say, it's easy for us to, as two hopeless pub team footballers, to sit here and um, you know sort of say he should, he should have scored. Yeah, he should have scored. He knows he should. Oh have yeah, scored. no, no, and and, and, He's and done the right. You know. Yeah, I'm not going to criticise someone. No, I just no, have. Yeah, no, I just have, haven't no, I? <laughs> it was one of those that you had your head in your hands, just the same as um, as Benji Kimpioka did, and you yeah. know, it's just they they go in. Sometimes they go in, sometimes they don't. You have just got to move on, haven't you? Gary um, said when we were talking about Gary Time a couple of weeks ago, um, at some he he basically said, "I don't want to have to talk about when Gary Time doesn't happen." Didn't he? I remember yeah. him saying that. Yeah. And, you know, three or four games later, bang. Uh, it's, you, some, you, uh, some you win, most you win. We've won the majority of these. Uh, oh, yeah. The odd one yeah. doesn't quite work out. If it, had gone, if it had gone in, wow. I mean, you know, we'd be laughing now, wouldn't we? Uh, talking about Gary time, I, I did have a little joke with Dave Thomas earlier in the week that... Um, I'd go down to uh, the local turf accountants and put a pound on Ben Gehring to score in the last minute of the game against Sutton, and he so nearly did, didn't he? Yeah, That's he did. And I thought, I thought he had a pretty good game. He did, although um, one of the uh, one of the Sutton goals did go between the legs of Agent Gehring. Yeah, but, um, I I thought he played well. I think it's a shame that there is no relegation because. Um, I think that has heavily affected how teams have played at the end of the season. Um, your, I mean, you know, Barnet, for example, <clears throat> we've got them coming up. <clears throat> I think, you know, they are not going to be the team that they would be, um, and perhaps that's a good thing for us yeah. with them and still course, to play. They've got them on the last day of the season as well. Yeah, they? yeah, they Some have. Of them on the I. Last day. I don't know if it was thought through properly that once you say there's no relegation, teams can literally not not stop playing. That's wrong. But the you know the, the Woking are, are not the Woking they were at the start of the season. No way are they the same team, and that is because there is no relegation. And you know they they. They just it affects the teams at the top. The the, the, yeah. the way that you it's the way that it falls. It does. It's a mess because you've got to feel for the fans of teams like Wealdstone and yeah. Barney, um who are just getting thumped every week. Yeah. Um, you know, Chesterfield are at home to Wealdstone this weekend. You've got to fancy Chesterfield to get three or four yeah. there. 
you know, we, it's no fun for Wealdstone and their fans at the moment. And you've got to feel for them that the season has ended in, just descended into chaos in yeah, this way. Yeah, yeah. Um, Whereas, as he, you say, he, at the top end of the table, everybody's trying to be hyper-professional about it yeah. and working things out to the nth degree. And then, um, playing, and then playing people who've got nothing to lose when they should yeah. have something to lose. Yeah, it's, um, it's very, very strange. So let's have a little look at Stockport. Stockport on a 15-game unbeaten run at the moment. We're on a 10-game unbeaten run, so you kind of think something's got to give on Sunday. Hopefully their unbeaten run comes to an end on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. They, um, haven't lo- they haven't lost at home since Sutton beat them up there on February the 2nd. Right. So, you know, they're, um, they're a formidable side, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, it's going to be a bloody tough game, Guy. Uh, yes. <laughs> Um, I'm not worried. I'm slightly worried. <laughs> I don't. I don't know how to feel about it because you, you look at the the run in for Sutton and you think, well, you know, they should really. I mean, let's face it. Sutton win all three of their games. They're champions anyway. So whatever we do, it's now out of our hands. But. You know, well, Sutton are at Maidenhead on Saturday, and that will be hard. Yeah, Maidenhead, yeah, Maidenhead have got something to play for, haven't they? Beaten, didn't they? Yeah. So, you know, Maidenhead are capable of beating the top sides because they did it to us. So, you know, if if, if Sutton are showing a little bit of a wobble, then uh, Maidenhead are just the kind of team will make them pay for that. I, I mean, if we if we do end up in the playoffs, it's going to be an, another month of hell, isn't it? Shatters. <laughs> I don't really want to think about it. No. Because obviously we'll sit out the first uh, round of the playoffs, won't we? We will, because we should finish in the top three, whatever happens. So, yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, the playoffs are... The, 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 the teams in second and third miss out on the first round and then join at the semi-final stage. And so, you yeah. know, for, for teams for teams that finish fourth to seventh, there could still be another three... Well, there will still be another three games to go. And it's uh, we'll end up playing Wrexham. You know we'll end up playing Wrexham. Yeah, and Luke Young is on form. And he's scoring goals. He's, he he uh, he could end up as their top goal scorer this season, um, which I I think I read somewhere that he'd said that that would be the first time at any club that he ended up as a as the leading goal scorer at the end of a season. Yeah, he was close for us, wasn't he? With about four goals, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, somebody tipped him with five. I mean, if it hadn't been for Luke Young uh, and and the joy of watching him, some of those seasons would have been terrible, wouldn't they? Mm. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's all the rage to have a midfielder as your top scorer anyway. All the top teams have that now. Asa Hall is ours. Yeah, Young is theirs. Absolutely, Midfield, absolutely. Scoring midfielders are, are very fashionable at yeah. the moment. Yeah. Stockport, obviously, we beat them in the first game of the season on October the 3rd. Connor Lemon Hay Evans getting the winner in Gary time. That was the first of many. That feels like a lifetime ago, doesn't it? It does. The last time we played up there at Edgeley Park, September 2019, we won 4-0. Oh, my word. Two goals from Jamie Reid, one of them a penalty, and two own goals. Wow. Okay. So, I mean... We can do it. They've got a good player there. They've got a striker there, a chap called Paddy Madden, who they acquired from Fleetwood. You were saying they were spending rude amounts of money. They yeah. splashed some bit on Paddy Madden from they Fleetwood. They splashed a lot of it on, on him, and, and, and wages apparently as well are very high. He's got six goals in the last seven games, but Gary will know all about him because apparently um, Julian was telling me he played for Gary at Yeovil. Did he really? Okay, that's so interesting. They will, um, 
they will they will have previous. He'll know all about him. They they do their scouting. Do you think about it? It's 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 a big game. Who wouldn't be looking forward to a game this size at Stockport? Every time I find myself feeling nervous, I stop and think, "No, come on, this is what we're football fans for, isn't it?" And it and it's lunchtime as well. So you can have pizza while you're watching. <laughs> yeah, perhaps I will. I might just do that. Oh, I might get I some might fish. I make I'm a vegetarian, so I can't have fish and chips, but I'll have a halloumi and chips or something from from, from up the road. Yeah. That sounds perfect. This is a fully vegetarian podcast these days, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, there we go. But yeah, they've got to look forward to that. Big game. Uh, Simon Rusk, their manager. Thanks also to Julian for digging out an ancient programme from a game up at Stockport that he was at in 1989. Uh, Stockport against Torquay. Asa Hartford was playing for them that day. Wow. A striker by the name of Brett Angel, who was a big yes. favourite of Thomas. Big Brett Angel. Was yeah, a, a big remember Brett Angel. Thomas. Yeah. And their number nine was a bloke called Tony Hancock. Imagine how much banter there was around him or are football fans just too young these days. I love, I love the fact that the name Tony Hancock, it was his, it was his, there was some celebration about Tony Hancock yesterday, wasn't there? Was it a birthday or something? Because, it was uh, his birthday, the yeah. lad himself, it was his birthday yesterday. I love, I love the fact that the name Tony Hancock is the only name in the English language with four body parts. <laughs> On that note, <laughs> on that bombshell, very good. I'd never even thought of that. <laughs> but there we go. He was their number nine. That's it. That's thrown me completely off for the rest of the podcast. Man. <laughs> he, was there, he was their number nine that day. Uh, him, uh, Brett Angel up front must have made a fairly uh, formidable front line, I imagine. I, I think Brett Angel was at Stockport for some years. I just associate him with Stockport. If you sort of think back to, I mean, they were, they were League One. League Two or, or Division Two, Division One, whatever it was yeah. called in those days. Um, yeah, they. I mean, how the mighty have fallen, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of these teams in the National League. Somebody was saying on the radio the other day how this sort of oft-repeated trope about how hard it is to get out of the National League. But you've only got to look at the number of ex-league sides who have fallen into the National League and find it the devil's own job to get back out again. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And Wrexham and Notts County and, you know, you could write, oh, Stockport County, you could write, you, yeah. it's just, it's almost like, and, and Gary's referred to it several times, it's almost like the old third division, isn't it? Or, or the old fourth, yeah. the old fourth division, you know, the, the, the names, the names crop up. If you, if you picked up a, or if you went to the Wikipedia and, and looked at the fourth division table in 1976, I bet half of those teams would be in that, in that table. I'm going to do that in a minute. I mean, and there was another thing that occurred to me about Sutton as well. When you think of the difficulty of getting out of the league, if it wasn't us that was up against them, um, we would all be buying into the Sutton fairy tale, wouldn't they? On the TV the other day, there was a close-up of their chairman, who's been chairman there since 1935 or something, and you know they were playing in the Evo Stick third division yeah. X number of years ago. I mean, it's it's a great story that Sutton are now like Harrogate last year. They're on the verge of getting into the league. And I feel a little bit churlish to saying I sincerely hope they don't go up as champions. If they could come up through the playoffs and join us up there, I'd be quite happy. Do you know what? Yeah, you're right. And uh, um, we would be fully behind them if they weren't uh, threatening our place in the league. I agree. Yeah. I've just looked up the fourth division table for 1976 and I'm very wrong. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, there are a couple. Um, so Workington are still in there. Is that the year that Workington went out? Uh, it is. They are bottom. Yeah, you're right. So the teams in the in, in the in, in Division Four in 1976-77 season, um, are, and this is going from top to bottom: Cambridge, Exeter City, Colchester United, Bradford, Swansea, Barnsley, Watford, Doncaster, Huddersfield, Southend. Well, they will be in the National League next season. Yeah. Darlington, Crewe, Bournemouth, Stockport County, um, <laughs> Brentford, Torquay United. Oldershot, there's one. Uh, Rochdale, Newport County, Scunthorpe, Halifax Town, Hartlepool. So there's two more. And uh, Southport, yeah. we're, we're working on. No, I, uh, I'm, I'm sure... I mean, I'm, I'm sure maybe if I went up a division, uh, there'd be a few more. But there are teams who have gone in completely the opposite direction. Now, you look at Bournemouth, you look at Brentford, you look at Watford, you look at the teams that have um, you know, turned that into... Uh, a drive towards the top of the league and into the Premier League. So it can be done. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. It can be done in the opposite direction. Um, This is the time of the season when retained lists are coming out. Obviously, Leagues 1 and 2 are now done, apart from the playoffs, and everybody's coming up with their retained lists. Our retained list is going to be interesting this season. I mean, that's one to discuss in a couple of weeks' time, really. But uh, Gary will know by now. Gary will have worked out who's staying and who's going. He and, will. You know, be... He will have. Um, he certainly won't be telling anyone, so I think it's unfair of us to speculate until... Uh, I, until I, the, yeah, until I, the... I wouldn't I, And players, with three games to go, players can still obviously influence, you know, the, what happens in their futures. So. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Exeter's retained list was was relatively interesting this week. Um, obviously, they missed out on the playoffs... Um, yeah. by a couple of points. Um, they, they, they drew anyway, but even if they'd won on the final day, um, the, the, the three teams that, won a, that, that they needed, needed, one of them needed to, to drop a point, all three of those uh, actually ended up um, winning. So whatever Exeter City yeah. did on final day, it didn't matter anyway. But um, yeah, there's some interesting names on there, released... Um, List. Uh, Alex, Alex Fisher is, yep. uh, is one of those released. We had him. He was, he was one of those strikers that you thought there's a potential there. He was a, he, he's another one of those players with that kind of laconic style that we talked about Brett Williams the other day. You know, the player who doesn't often doesn't look really engaged in a game, but then comes up with a vital goal. And he went on to have a, a decent career in Scotland after he left us. Yeah, and he's and done then, all right for Exeter, hasn't he? Yeah, he ended up at Yeovil then, and then. And then went to Exeter. Um, I, I just don't think he was quite good enough. And and, and let's face it, he was he was playing with uh, Ryan Bowman in our team, um, and now yeah. he's playing with Ryan Ryan Bowman at, at Exeter City. Now Bowman has had a great season. He might not have scored a yeah. hundred million goals, but he's he's certainly helped to set up um, a lot of goals and he's been a hard worker and they like him there and obviously he's got another year on his contract I believe so yeah um, Fisher mm, I'm not I'm sure, I'm not sure if he was quite good enough I, I'm wary of players coming back for a second term you yeah. look at icons of Torquay United players you know more popular with the to play more fans even than Alex Fisher who've come back and it just hasn't worked Elliot Bennion came back for a second spell yeah. 
didn't quite go. Well, Dave Caldwell came back for a second spell. So it did David Graham. Well. Yeah, it, it's so, you know, looking at the play, I mean, Matt Green is leaving Grimsby, Anthony O'Connor's leaving Bradford City, there's Alex Fisher, Adi Aziz is leaving Dover. You've got all these players that you think, well, yeah, we've had them, but, you know, are they actually going to do anything that our current squad of players isn't doing? And the answer in most cases is probably no. Yeah. Um, we'll take we'll take uh, Matt Jay from Exeter City though because he's a Torbay born lad. Yeah. Um, finished uh, twenty goals. He finished as their top goal scorer. Uh, we'll have him. Uh, I'll, I'll be on the phone to Julian uh, Julian Tag there uh, over the weekend. In the unlikely event that they let him go. Yeah. Well, they haven't let him go. They wouldn't let him go. <laughs> um, there, there's a couple. They 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 have released three or four youngsters. I'm just going to call up the list. Um, Young pros released, uh, Noah Smearden, or Smurden, or however, however you say it. Now, they, they signed him from Gloucester a couple of years yeah. ago. Um, uh, there, was a lot of, there was a lot of fanfare about him as an 18-year-old. Signed him from Gloucester. He went on loan to Tiverton straight away and then played uh, for half a season because Tiverton only managed to play half a season before football was cancelled because of coronavirus. But he, he always looked a decent player to me. And then yeah. Lewis Wilson, Louis Morrison and Will Dean have all been decent youth players uh, at City. Um, now, maybe they've not quite cut it there, but I don't think uh, that means they're not worth a look, those, uh, those four. Um, Gary will obviously know exactly uh, who, who is what on that retained list uh, and released list. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting. It will. It will. Yeah, the players on the move. Uh, players on the move. Jared Lewington's joined Taunton. This is from the X Goals Twitter feed, by the way. Thanks to them for that. Well, I I um, I, I did that exclusively on the back page of the Mid Devon Gazette. So uh, I never see a copy of that. No, no, no. Um, yeah, no. Jared, Jared. How far would I have to drive to buy a copy of the Mid Devon Gazette? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Possibly. Outskirts of Columpton, maybe Willand. Willand is a bit closer. I'm not sure. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I expect I expect you to be doing that every week now, just in case. Uh, young Ryan Law's been offered a new deal at Argyle, which yeah, I, which was no surprise I, there. Um, he did well, didn't he? Um, but um, when Dean Moxie was back f- fully fit, uh, Dean Moxie did add the experience that that, that Ryan was. Possibly yeah. still lacking. I'd love to see him accept that new deal and, and play alongside Adam uh, Randall at uh, Argyle yeah. next season. I think those yeah. are two very good young players. And a couple of players among the goals. Paul McCallum did us a favour. He yeah. scored the equaliser for Dagenham and Redbridge that uh, stopped Stockport beating him. Yeah. And Louis Britton scored on his debut for Bristol City. His he first did, I saw debut. that, yeah. They lost to Brentford, but he got a goal. I liked him. I think he's got something yeah. to offer. He was recalled early, wasn't he? I mean, he he did he score one goal for us at the start of the season? But he had a, I remember he came on the first game, it was probably against Stockport, and, and hit the bar with a cracking shot. And we all thought, oh yeah. wow, here we go. And Let's hang on with yeah, yeah uh, and then he got re- he scored a goal, but then he got recalled, I think, because they were they were they were struggling for numbers at Bristol City at that particular time, and, um, and maybe yeah. he didn't even make the bench when he was recalled. But that was that was, it was just uh, as backup. Nice to see him get a game. Um, it is. Uh, also, also uh, um, 
uh, Seiko Jenner has been playing the odd game as well. So yeah. both of those, obviously, ex-Torquay Loneys who have made it through to the first team. Bristol City had a, a crappy end to their season, didn't they? Um, they they dropped right out of it once 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 they got rid of Lee Johnson um, because they weren't quite close enough to the playoffs. It's all kind of fallen apart, isn't it? Yeah, well, people should invest a little bit more time in managers. They they, 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 they should they should. Impatience gets the better yeah. of that football chairman. It does. It does. So we're heading towards the weekend, Richard. Tell me about the uh, the release of. Um, Record shop by Richard Hughes, international <laughs> pop star. I'm going to put you on the spot. Um, well, it's, it's, it's just a record I've been working on for about it's... about a year and a half. But from 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 the first lockdown, I was writing songs, and then um, when I was able to go into the studio in uh, it's near uh, near uh, Ivy Bridge, the studio. It's in a nice little sort of farmhouse out there that uh, belongs to a couple of couple of guys uh, who who are in the band Pale Blue Eyes. Um, and I got my friend Sean down from London and yeah, we recorded the album. The album is at the pressing plant at the moment. Um, yeah. Pre-release is available so you can buy it. You can go to bandcamp.com and buy it and then it will turn up on your doorstep, doorstep when the physical thing comes to me. Um, the, the releasing records is so much different from how it used to be. So, you know, now you, you don't have a single, you have like a, a teaser. So you can download one song from the album Um now and listen to it on Spotify and all, all 28 other platforms that, that make up music these days. I think you do need to listen to it 40,000 times for me to make I, a fiver. If you if about four million people download it on Spotify, you get the price of a pint of milk, don't yeah, you, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It is actually yeah. stupid, but um, they're allowed to get away with it, which, which is why I say please buy the actual vinyl copy rather yeah. than just download it. And uh, and I'll uh, I'll send you a lovely handwritten note to say thank you very much and Brilliant. and maybe and a, maybe song, a tote bag or something. The song that you can listen to now is called "All I Have to Love Is You." Even I get struggle to remember exactly what it's called. It's not probably wasn't the best one to release first of all. So if people go and find you on Bandcamp.com, they can yeah. listen to the music and do that. I'm, I'm shamelessly plugging this because I've listened to it. I think it's it's great, and um, I'm getting back on there and ordering my album even as we speak. Brilliant. No, that's great. No, uh, it's just you know I'm a 50 year old bloke. I'm not going to be a pop star, which is why the, the the Facebook page Richard Hughes International Pop Star is is called such. Um, <laughs> You know, it, it's fun. It's a limited edition. Uh, I'll press press one load, and then and then hopefully just about manage to sell enough to 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 do another one, and that's what it's all about. I am actually releasing a record by another band as well, which you'll if you follow the Facebook stuff, you'll 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 start getting glimpses of soon. But that's okay. that's that's been mastered, and that's about ready to go to the presses as well. So, and that uh, sounds fantastic. Uh, Better than I can do. Good stuff. Well, for marks, you for getting the music out there, and um, we've told people where they can find yeah. it. Yeah. Well, I wasn't expecting that, guy, So thank you very much. Well, there you go. Credit where it's due. <laughs> We're all happy clappers this week. Talking we United fans, obviously, there was a lot of talk on Facebook after the nil-nil against Bromley, but uh, we've got to keep believing. And I, I, I'm really now looking forward to Sunday. I think this is a game. If we can win that game on Sunday. Then the sky's the limit, isn't it? 
Absolutely, and and you know we've got to be positive, haven't we? It's been a a long old season. I mean, you can look at some of those those results on that bad run and think, oh, what if just one point? Or yeah. you know. but hey, we are yeah. where we are. Gary will know that. Um, you know, it's been a long old season. Uh, one final push, and if we don't make it, we've got the playoffs, and we we can beat anyone yeah. on our day. And as our regular listener, Peter Sircom always says, you've got to be optimistic. You've got to be optimistic, yeah. I mean, you know, this is a man talking who's just put out a record that no one's going to buy. <laughs> That's true. We'll gloss over that. <laughs> Let's hope we've got some points to talk about when we go over again next week. Stockport game Sunday. Looking forward to that, as ever. Come on, come you, on yellows. you yellows. Come on, you yellows.